to Success Beneath the Surface, hosted by Deborah Fell, Managing Partner at Chief Outsiders. Deborah provides insights specifically for CEOs from growth-oriented companies. Find out what happens when Deborah's guest, Zina Ugrinsky, asks her first acquisition company, if you could get anything, what would you want that would make you wildly surpass your peers? Zina shares her personal journey from immigrating from Germany to the U.S. with her parents, who completed their higher education in America, and went on to become a college professor, father, and geneticist, mother, and becoming a U.S. citizen at the age of eight. Transformational for our family, and I believe that we as a family embody the best of what America enables immigrants to achieve. She also speaks how she and two other partners bootstrapped and co-founded Pilot Wave. The technologies that had only been available to companies like Alcoa could now become available to smaller companies. Join Deborah and Zena for this episode. Your data story is your business story. Welcome, Zena Ugrinsky. Great to have you on the show. Zena is CTO and founding partner at Pilot Wave Holdings Management and CEO and founder at Genre X. You are an artificial intelligence expert, an author, a data science evangelist. You've also been both partner and principal at KPMG, and we still haven't covered the true scope of your experience and what you bring to your businesses and clients alike. So I want to get to all that, but I'm more interested really in who you are and your story, how you got from there to here, what's next and also learn about your focus on AI and what CEOs, our listeners, and business leaders should be thinking about in this space. So that said, what's your story? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Deborah. You're most welcome. Very pleased to be here. So my story, well, let's see. I am a child of immigrants. I was born in Germany. So we came to the United States. My parents did their higher ed here in the United States. My father was a college professor. My mother was a geneticist and both retired at this point. But, you know, I remember becoming a citizen at eight years old. It was transformational for our family. So I think we as a family embody, you know, really the best of what this country enables immigrants to achieve. Absolutely. Now, I was also quite headstrong. So at 17, I left home and landed in Florida for a short period of time and eventually realized that I needed to go back to school and get an education if I was going to amount to anything. So I came back to New York, and at that point, I was a single mom in my 20s. I did my undergrad and my MBA uh, at Hofstra and NYU, Stern. You came back strong on the education. Came back strong. Um, (laughs) Took me 13 years at night to get that done because I also had to support a family. And... My first job in corporate America was as a financial analyst for Citicorp at the GSO data center. So as a financial analyst, that was my first exposure to technology. I essentially was told, you know, go inventory everything in the data center. So that's that's how I learned about uh, heavy iron and DASD and communication units and how things work in a data center. And I developed a bilingual 
nature. So I focused on finance, but I spent so much time close to technology. Mm-hmm. And eventually I realized that I had an affinity for both. And I was able to play interpreter for both groups. So help IT understand what finance needed and help finance understand what IT was asking. So I parlayed that into a a job that was global in nature for Young and Rubicam. Mm -hmm. I was running their financial reporting systems. So statutory consolidation and FP&A. And in that role, I uh, rolled out a financial reporting system globally to 70 offices at a time when you were still flipping floppies. Okay. So I had to go to every one of those places and install it and then teach the finance department what we needed them to do in New York. So forgive me, but I was, you know, the cranky woman from New York that always wanted something. But I found that when you went to these offices and you took some of their reporting or solved some of their problems while you were asking for what you needed, Mm -hmm. the adoption rate just skyrocketed. So I'm hearing an important insight right now, secret sauce. (laughs) Secret sauce. Yeah. That's right. If you need others to do things, find out what they need and make that a part of the solution. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, from there, spent 10 years in software and in a number of different functions. So I was an OLAP programmer. OLAP, uh, you can think of as multidimensional analytics. So think of data as being put into a Rubik's cube that you can slice and dice any way you want. So for example, in 2002, once we had gotten past Sarbanes-Oxley and Y2K and everybody, you know, the world was still here. Yes, yes. We started focusing on multidimensional analytics. And for example, it enabled Nabisco for the first time to understand what the profitability was for a roll of lifesavers in Christmas packaging, peppermint, sold through this distributor. Through this convenience store chain by this salesperson, right? So each of those is a dimension if you think about it. Okay. Okay. And I can't tell you just as an aside, how many businesses I look into that don't have that at the contribution level. So there, so help is out there. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. It was transformational for many, many of these large organizations. I mean, we're talking Motorola and Archer Daniel Midlands and Exxon and, you know, the New York Times was my client for many years. So at some point I, uh, you know, I, I was up for a promotion and they needed me to move and my daughter was in high school and I said, you know, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not shifting her at this crucial point in her life. I don't want her to hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I went and I started a small boutique consulting company. I joined one actually with two co-founders and there was a point in time when Oracle made a, uh, an acquisition of a company called Hyperion, which was the software that I had been working for. And 
at that point, every hosting and managed services company said, wait a minute, you know, we're hosting and managing PeopleSoft and Oracle ERP, but what is this performance management thing that everybody's so excited about? Why did Oracle buy Hyperion, right? And so all of a sudden, everybody wanted what they called an enterprise performance management arm, EPM, was the Gartner called it uh, business performance management. You've mm -hmm. heard it referred to as corporate performance management. Mm -hmm. And so we were acquired and I did my, uh, my committed time with an ERP company. And then, uh, and then I joined KPMG and that was in uh, 2010. And I took, uh, I took a role in business intelligence which over the course of my tenure, I became the national partner in charge of performance management and analytics. And that covered the entire Oracle stack, SAP HANA, business objects. Wow. And in 2012, we also started an organization internally called the Lighthouse. And that was when you started seeing the development of data science, applied data science solutions. That's, and, and if you think about it, the OLAP years, that was the beginning of big data as we knew it. Everybody was trying to figure out what is big data and how do we, how do we use it, you know? And for me, OLAP was the first time you could really have a conversation with your data. And so that was a natural kind of stepping stone yes. into, okay, how do we use all of the data that we have as these large companies? And you know, it was really- Hold yeah. your thought for just a second, because I Certainly. love what you said about that was the first time you could have a conversation with your data, yeah. tell a story with your data. That's right. Based Understand on the story the data is telling Understand. you about the state of the business. Versus just have reports and have exactly. data. And now it's time for a quick break. CEOs need help growing their companies, but don't always have the time or money to hire a full-time chief marketing officer, CMO, or chief sales officer, CSO, or both. Recruiting a quality, full-time executive can take months, not to mention the ongoing cost. In these challenging times, CEOs need battle-tested growth executives who can help companies successfully navigate the uncertain waters. Partner with Chief Outsider CMOs and CSOs who will function as strategic operators to build and execute your growth engines. And we're back. It, they, they are completely under leveraged without what you're describing. So I think that's a really, really huge point. So, sorry to interrupt. Him. Absolutely. No, it's an important point. And, and the next important corollary to that is being able to now take that data and do better forecasting. Mm -hmm. So more inclusive forecasting. One of the major drivers for all of this transformation was the advancement of computer technology, storage, the ability to analyze those volumes of data all in one place. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was, you know, pre what we consider now structured and unstructured data. We're we're still not even talking about unstructured data. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about everything that an organization already has in relational data warehouses somewhere. 
that is being completely underutilized. And some not talking to one another. Is of that course. Uh, yeah, yeah. One of, one of the uh, one of the major ways we would break our computer systems is trying to align financial forecasting mm -hmm. and operational forecasting. Mm -hmm. And it was somewhere in the, I want to say, 2010 to 2015 mm -hmm. timeframe mm -hmm. when all of a sudden the capacity for technology to be able to address that, mm -hmm. those complexities, mm -hmm. became solved, a solved problem. And now the challenge was how do we get all these departments to really speak with one another, yes. to interact in a way that is truly collaborative yes. and, you know, and thereby sort of achieve what everyone's always talking about in terms of data driven decision making. Yes, yes. Right? Very frequently used term. Now I have to ask you, is what you're describing really possible only for large enterprise companies or is it achievable in some at some level for more of a mid-market firm thank you for asking the question that that was absolutely the the right question to tee up so what that also enabled to occur in the market mm -hmm. was that the technologies that previously had been only available to companies like alcoa for example mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now became available to the smaller companies. But yeah. the question was, what do we do with it? Because you also had this explosion of technology vendors. Everybody was trying to get into this space. You had companies like Tableau and Click trying to you know, position themselves as data science and analytics companies, yeah. right? And... So everyone was trying to get into that space. So following KPMG, I also did some time at Booz Allen, the defense contractor. I was the senior vice president in the commercial business for cloud analytics and strategy. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, we spent a lot of time incorporating cybersecurity into our offerings and at some point, I realized that I was really more of an analytics person than a cybersecurity person. Mm -hmm. But be careful what you ask for. I subsequently spent an entire year being a contract CISO for a small software company. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, excellent experience. All of these things are connected. Mm -hmm. So it's important to you know, understand those pieces sure. as part of the whole. And the experience served me well. So shortly thereafter, and this brings us to where I am today. So today, uh, we formed PilotWave five years ago, three of us. Mm -hmm. So we co-founded. We bootstrapped it ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it took us, I want to say, two, two and a half years mm -hmm. to close our first acquisition. Mm -hmm. And... Today, we've got four under management. We have uh, done one exit. Mm -hmm. But we are a buy and hold strategy. And our investment thesis yes. is we can make these sorts of analytics and technology 
development available mm -hmm. to small companies mm -hmm. and enable them to become wildly competitive in relation to their uh, their peers, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we all bring a mixture of business and technology to the table. Yes. And I'll use the company that is in my portfolio. I'm responsible for the infrastructure and energy portfolio. Okay. So our first acquisition into that portfolio is a company called Connect Atlantic utility services out of Nova Scotia. Mm -hmm. It was a carve out. So the first thing we had to do was stand up all the back office. Mm -hmm. So the ERP and HR and payroll and, mm -hmm. and now they're doing fleet analytics. But year two, we could take a breather mm -hmm. and we asked them, what would it take if you could get anything what would you want that would make you just wildly surpass your peers? Wow, what a great question. This company must, the executives must love working with you. They, they're they a great bunch of people. So absolutely, you know, just really, really wonderful people to work with. Yeah. And so the answer they gave us was, well, we'd like something that enabled us to do drone inspections. So we built a machine learning based drone inspection program. And if you think about one of the challenges with using the data that you have is it has to be properly annotated. Mm -hmm. And so we were able to take all of this visual image mm -hmm. uh, data that we had. And we also had a built in set of experts these linemen can look at a picture and say, there's a structural integrity issue here. These lines need to be replaced. We're now moving into thermal imaging so that we can enable our clients, who are the utilities, mm -hmm. to do things like predictive maintenance, mm -hmm. replacing transformers, for example, yeah. before they yeah. blow. Yes, and they can also then accrue the necessary capital to be prepared to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So that's a great example of taking, you know, we are the first private equity company that I'm aware of yeah. ever uh -huh. that has taken a picks and shovels business and turned it into a data business. That's amazing. And so I have a book in the works. I've been working on it for some time now. Yeah. And it follows essentially the evolution of technology mm -hmm. through the eyes of a business analyst. Wow. And it takes it basically from the advent of the spreadsheet. Yes. Which, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself, but I was there for that. <laughs> they still exist, you know. <laughs> they, they do. And I don't know that Bill Gates ever expected these large organizations to basically run on spreadsheets. So, but they're a, they're a tool, not, they should not be the basis mm -hmm. for that management, right? So as Pilot Wave Holdings, we have a vision. We buy like a financial buyer. Yes. So, you know, we're very cash flow focused. We yeah. do not want to overburden 
these entities. We want to essentially find great management teams yes. and enable them to exceed their wildest dreams. Yeah. And they know their business better than we do. Yeah. We let them tell us what they need yeah. and we hold them. So we have no intention of divesting any of these companies. Afshin Afshar, our senior managing partner, mm-hmm. who was uh, he was originally the uh, chief data science officer for J.P. Morgan oh, wow. globally. Yep. And if you ask him, he describes us as a Berkshire Hathaway. Interesting. So buy, hold, improve. Be sure to subscribe in all your favorite podcast apps. Just look for Success Beneath the Surface. Chief Outsiders, part-time growth executives with full-time results.